Welcome to Possibly Speaking, a podcast that explores the highest spheres of spiritual thought as they find expression in our lived experience. Here's our host and the Mashpia of the Light Revealed, Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, we are continuing with our dive into the weekly Parsha to uncover the hidden streams of recovery that rest within, to illuminate our eyes in the process of recovery, to give us a little bit of strength with living with the times through the light of the Torah. Now, in this week's Parsha, we find a profoundly significant encounter between Yaakov Avinu and the Sarushal Esav. Yaakov Avinu encounters the archetype of Esav, the Shoresh of negativity, the hither side of his personality, all of the shadowy parts of himself that he pushed down, repressed, suppressed, tried to get rid of, emerge singularly in the guise of the Malach of Esav, his twin brother, there to attack him prior to his confrontation with the real Esav. And in order to properly understand the engagement that Yaakov Avinu has with the Sarushal Esav, we also have to understand the setup of this encounter. Yaakov Avinu, who had just spent so much time working his way through the trickery of Lavan to develop and cultivate the house of Israel, had his wives, had his children, had his servants, had the people there, had his support system, had his concentric circles who were there to give him insight, provide him with the proper direction that he needed to take. Then something takes place, an event takes place in the middle of the night, in the dark of the night, in the heart of darkness. Yaakov Avinu finds himself alone. He returns back to retrieve Pachim Ketanim because the mark of any true righteousness is to care about the details as well as the large, grandiose ideas. And Yaakov Avinu, in his attempt to retrieve even the slightest element of himself, he finds himself face-to-face in the heart of darkness alone with the Saroshal Esav. So first and foremost, it's Vayivata Yaakov Levado. Yaakov Avinu finds himself alone. The the first step prior to this encounter with the darkness in our lives, this overwhelming sense of dread or battle that overtakes a person on their march towards victory is a sense of isolation. First and foremost, a person feels isolated. And in that isolation, there are two paths that can unfold in front of a person. Isolation can all too often drag us down the path of negative loneliness, where a person feels disconnected and separate from others, where I feel that I am alone because I deserve to be alone, because nobody wants to be with me or because nobody understands me or because even if people were there for me, they wouldn't truly be capable of understanding. And it's this form of loneliness, this sense of I am alone without any support in the universe that drags isolation into its darkening territory, which sets up relapse and it sets up a process of kind of folding inwards upon the self, which is the beginning of a relapse. Because isolation makes me feel like I am the only person in the world who has the capacity of understanding my problem. And there is no other person in the world who can help me or no other thing in the world who can help me along out of the problem. And when I lose hope in the opportunity of receiving help from outside of myself, from a power greater than myself or for another person, then I fall into the pitfalls of hopelessness. And that is where isolation leads to loneliness. Loneliness leads to sadness and sadness ultimately becomes the source of shiga'on of madness and a person loses themselves there. 
We find, however, that Yaakov Avinu traverses this isolation in a different way. We see the language of levado. Levado can also mean solitude. That Yaakov Avinu, as he departed away from his support team, as he moved away from the concentric circles of the people who were there to mark his territory, Yaakov Avinu entered into the frightening territory of self. But a territory of self is not a loneliness that is disconnected from others, but rather it is a solitude that is willing to trust itself deeply enough to know that the love is still there even when I don't see it face to face. The companionship is still there even when I don't see it face to face. And as I traverse silently and alone into this territory of the nighttime, I am not lonely in my isolation. Rather, I have a secret of solitude which draws upon the healthy strengths and the healthy supports that I know wait for me right on the outside. Yaakov Avinu goes in Lavado. And this secret of Lavado we know is also the secret of HaKadosh Baruch Hu who stands Lavado. That HaKadosh Baruch who is alone in the universe as well, and that ultimately each person has to be able to access that singularity point of isolation and solitude of the self where I am comfortable with myself, not based on anybody else, but based on how I truly feel about myself. And it's that courage of the power of solitude to know that, yes, I might be alone in this moment, but I am not sequestered off from the world. I am not cut off from the world. I am not despised by the world. It's this secret of solitude that draws upon the deepest secret of self, which is the fact that that in the end of the day, the individual is singular in existence. And each and every person does have the responsibility to say that I am the center of the universe and the entirety of existence was created simply for me. And it's in this place that we uncover the inherent bedidus, the loneliness, the solitude that an individual find themselves in, but rather than allowing that to drag me down into the pits of hell where I feel isolated and hopeless, I transform it into his spoidudus, uh, being alone with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Just as HaKadosh Baruch Hu is alone, so is man alone. And man in his aloneness has the capacity of connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavyachol, in his howling solitude, at which point we gain the deepest form of chavership. We deep, we uncover the deepest nikudas hachaver. We uncover the deepest possibility of talking to the Rebunish like we would talk to a friend. So the first thing is to enter in with solitude, but armed with the belief that I am okay in my aloneness. I am not deficient. I do not need anybody to there, be there to support me in order to make me feel good enough about myself because I live with that inherent self-value. The next thing that Yaakov Avinu did when he encounters this heart of darkness is that he continues the fight. Yaakov Avinu is overwhelmed by the celestial force. There's a darkening hovering that is descending. There is an avak, there is a dust, there is a bilbul, there is a confusion that ascends and blots out the heaven. All of the positive thoughts are gone. All of the wherewithal to look forward to the next right thing is gone. I am here in this moment and my defenses are down and I am forced to stand sturdily strong in my position, not to turn away. The moment that a person is convinced that the battle is lost, the battle is lost. A person must fight with perseverance, one foot in front of the other to ensure that even if I might not be able to be overcoming this problem through a proactive conquering of space, I can at least protect myself and not give an inch of myself over. I can stand strong, not give into whatever it is that the Malach of Esav is trying to convince me to do until it passes. Because by objectifying the battle, by recognizing that this battle will not last forever, I can give myself the wherewithal to deal with it in the time that it takes. If I don't 
make myself aware of the fact that this battle is not going to last forever, then the enormity and the enormity of the problem and the longevity of the problem and how long it's going to take is so profoundly overwhelming that it's easier to just give in because I can't foresee myself living this battle for too long. But when I recognize that this battle is a singular battle and there's a time limit to it and there's Allah Sashachar and there's a time where this Malach Ra is going to be forced to ascend back upwards to say Kriyat Shema to recognize the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well, I am armed with the belief that this is not going to last forever and I can hold on tight. I can hold on a little bit longer. I could give myself 10 more seconds, 20 more seconds, 30 more seconds of strength and wherewithal until the help necessarily arrives. So there is owning the power of the self. There is diving down deep into the self and uncovering the positions of uh, self-sufficiency at the heart of solitude, not because I am grandiose in my thinking, but because in my own most solitude, I encounter the solitude of my higher power. And that encounter with the higher power, that drawing of the strength through that or of Levado, through that secret of Bedidus, of Hespoididus, of Badad Yashav, Badad, sitting alone as Rosh Tevos, that I know you in all of my ways, even in the ways that appeared to be distant from you. And that gives us the ability to persevere in the battle, to be Koivesh as Yitzro, and to plant our feet sturdily in the ground in order to ensure that even if we're not going to be covering more ground, we are not going to lose ground. We are not going to allow ourselves to be brought down, and we are going to take the patience necessary to face this battle. And the last and final Nakuda that Yaakov Avinu teaches us in this encounter with the Sarashal Esav is the recognition that negativity wants to be transformed into light. And if we don't force negativity to be transformed into light, then we're going to continuously live with a split, dualistic perspective of good and bad, of Yaakov and Esav, of the Sarosha Esav and the darkness that comes to attack Yaakov and the light of day. But what Yaakov Avinu recognizes is that he demands a bracha from the Malach of Esav. It's not enough to overcome difficulty. It's not enough to overcome the prevention. I need to take that prevention and force it to teach me. I need to learn from my mistakes. I need to learn from the struggle. I need to take the resistance and bring it through the shock of absorber of my system and inoculated and inculcated into my process of recovery, into my process of self-development. I need to take the difficulty and force it to acknowledge the fact that it wants me to succeed. Like we say on Friday night, when we come home after Shul on Shabbos, there are two malachim that come with us, a good malach and a bad malach, the two parts of ourselves, the positive drive and the negative drive. And if the table for Shabbos is not said and Shabbos is not apparent, so then the negative angel laughs and the positive angel is forced to admit the defeat of the Jewish people in that moment. But if the table is set and Shabbos is brought in in this darkening place that Shabbos is drawn down and the lights are kindled and Shabbos is emerging and the flames of Shabbos are illuminating the home, it's not enough that the positive angel is going to be happy and give a bracha, but it's going to force the malach ra, loimer amen bal karcho. The negative angel is going to be forced to acknowledge the positivity against its will. This gesture, this tnua, this movement of forcing the negative side to acknowledge the positivity of our endeavor is of the most significant lessons that we we can learn in our battle because we will encounter difficulties, we will encounter darkness, we will encounter concealment. And if we see all of those elements as things that are negative that need to be thrown aside because they bear no role in the spiritual process, then we're going to be splitting much of our experiences. But when, as we've spoken about so often, we're aware that every ounce of negative drive is ultimately just rooted in the expression of the infinite light through existence and through gvuros, so then every encounter with difficulty is an opportunity to transform it into a meeting place with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, thereby forcing all of the negative motivation that has driven us away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be the capitulating and the motivating factor the catapulting, rather, I'm sorry with the words, the catapulting and motivating factor that pushes me closer to the Rabbanish Lailam. And finally, so we have, again, we have Yaakov Avinu 
owning his levadoness, owning his solitude, diving deep into the solitude in the deep sense that I am enough. If I am here, everything is here. And I am still connected to those who I love and who love me and the ancestors and those who will come afterwards, in spite of the fact that I might not have the absolute identifiable relationship in this present moment. That gives us the wherewithal to withstand the process of the battle, to be patient in the battle, to not give up because we feel that it's going to be far too long. That Am HaNetzach Lo that the nation of eternity is not afraid of the longevity of the process because as we know from the Balatani that there's a derech arucha she could say there's a short path that's long and a long path that's short the fact that it's long doesn't mean that it's going to take an immense amount of energy it just means that I have to orient myself to the fact that the battle will continue and I need to stand firmly in my ground and the only way I can do that is by drawing on the strength of self which is rooted in the encounter with the self at the heart of solitude where I know that I am enough at that point we learn to not only destroy the negativity, but to utilize the negativity against itself, to allow the negative forces and the parts of ourselves that make us feel not good enough and tell us that we're unworthy, to force them to acknowledge our worthiness, to force them to acknowledge our viability in our process of serving Hashem and in the process of recovery. And then finally, after all is said and done and we remain victorious and we overcome that struggle, we have to look back on ourselves. When the dust settles, when the avak that reaches up to the clouded nature of the mind, which can no longer think clearly in the moment of struggle, now when the dust settles, we're able to look at ourselves and recognize what has happened here. We've undergone a shift. Our name has changed from Yaakov to Yisrael. Yaakov is still there. The previous levels of gain are still there. I haven't lost that, but something new has been uncovered. Yisrael has been uncovered. What's Yisrael? Yisrael is the Kayach of fighting darkness and transforming it and overcoming it. It's a secret of facing the nighttime and proclaiming that the day rests hidden within the night and that there's a light no matter how dark the darkness is and that there's an illumination that is kindled for the righteous that rests hidden within the very recesses of all things. That is the secret of Yisrael. It's the secret of Yesh, Reish, Lam, and Aleph. It's the secret of existence itself and its thickness and its concealment and its materialism. And it's specifically from there that Nishmas Yisrael has the ability to be Megala, the Teferis of Yisrael. But how? What does Yaakov learn? What is the secret that Yaakov walks away with? The secret is Yaakov's limp. The secret is that Yaakov walks away imperfect, perfect in his recognition of his imperfection, as opposed to other forms of religious worship that want to feel perfect and absolute perfection and any sign of imperfection is destructive and it's seen as a symptom of some primordial sin, God forbid. What we have to recognize is that Yaakov Avinu Bechir Shabbat Avos is limping and he's teaching us that this is the way that a person walks away from a battle. You walk away with the encounter by recognizing that yes, I'm still human. Yes, there is an infinite amount of space that I need to continue to grow. Yes, the battle will continue. Yes, I may have overcome this level, but there are new levels, new vistas that stand in front of me, but armed with the belief that I can overcome whatever arises my way. So we have the solitude of self, the realization that I am enough and that I have enough and that I think enough and that I feel enough and I'm good enough and I'm worthy, irrespective of anything external, irrespective of any acknowledgement, then that gives me the patience and the wherewithal to believe in my capacity to overcome this confrontation with negativity, to stand firmly strong, even when I feel that the impatience in the heart is so overwhelming that I have to give in, to wait a little bit longer, a little bit longer, to uncover the secret of hamtain, oid ma'at, oid ma'at, oid ma'at, a little bit more, wait a little bit more, chazi, just a little bit more, Kesarli's ear, wait for me one moment. And with the patience, is uncovered the capacity of not only defeating or pushing down the negativity, but transforming the negativity, revealing that the negativity is simply the drive that allows me to express my positivity in a more intense and newfound way. And then ultimately to walk away with the secret of the limp to realize that, yes, I am perfect because I've acknowledged my imperfection. And that the only way to confront the battle like this is to be aware that it might happen again and to learn from my mistakes and to realize that I'm only human and to understand the secret of Katonti Mikolach 
chasadim v'ha'emes, that Rabbanu Shlaim, I have absolutely nothing, nothing is my own, I deserve nothing, nothing is done on my own free will, everything comes from you, straight from you, back to you, and ultimately this is the secret of Yaakov Avinu's encounter with the Sarashal Esav in the heart of darkness, our ability to uncover the secret of Kriyat Shema, our ability to uncover the secret of redemption, our ability to prepare ourselves for the long winter, for the departure of Yosef. Yaakov Avinu encounters this darkness and he transforms it, he reveals that there's light hidden there and that the darkness is simply there to motivate a further expression of the light being revealed by Ezra Sashem. Thank you for joining the Possibly Speaking family. Possibly Speaking is brought to you by The Light Revealed, a social media publisher bringing messages of Jewish spirituality and recovery to whoever is looking for them. Our producer is Morty Schwartz. Our social media content team is Zoe Poznanski and Tehila Nasanian. And our music is by Zushio. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We love connecting with you, so please check out our website, thelightrevealed.org, and feel free to email us and Rev. Joey at thelightrevealed at tlrfamily.org, or private message us on Instagram or Facebook at The Light Revealed. Thanks for joining, and we wish you the most blessed day in only revealed ways.